Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. That's a massive intro. No pressure, no pressure. I'm really hot. So if I, if, I, if the shine increases, then you know it's the glory, the glory of the Lord. Man, I'm so excited to to bring you the word this evening. Um, I'm married to a beautiful wife. She's not a mistress, as I've said previously. I want to just say sorry for that. She is my wife, and she's the head mistress of the school. Of the school. Um, and not of my life. Um, so I really just want to get that. It's 2020. I want to get that out. And really to say sorry to my wife. She's not here. But uh, she sends her love and regards. And, and as I considered and pondered about the word that I wanted to bring this evening, um, I had to consider where I've come from and what my life was all about. I had to consider the things that I've done in the past and where God has brought me. And so I'm going to start off, before I even speak more, I'm going to start off with scripture, and then I'm going to lead us into why we're using this particular scripture and what it means for us as a church. It is in Joel 2, and I'm just going to read two verses, it's 12 and 13. And Joel was a prophet, and he prophesied to Judah at the time when they were going through turmoil. The locusts had eaten all that was green, and really God had some devastation happen to Judah at the time when they weren't listening to what God had to tell them. So Joel rises up and he's the one that's delivering a message of hope. And he's the one that says that God will do great things. He's also the prophet that said that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh and all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he already prophesied about the birth of the church, which is a great thing as you know, the church was birthed with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read Joel 2, 12, 13. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a good God. We thank you, God, that this evening as we, as we engage in your word, as we engage in who you are, we thank you that you stand above everything. And Lord, I thank you that even as we would say that I've given up everything, I've gained so much more because of you. But I pray this evening, God, that as we see it here this evening, that we will receive so much more and just words being uttered, but a life-giving word that will resurrect and restore in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. Um, this preach is called a call to repentance. And, and so often as we go through life, we speak about who God is. We try and understand who God is. We, we fight battles, we are praying for blessing. There are many things that we do as sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
And even this morning, as we called out to be expectant of what God is going to do, and believe me, God wants to do great things. There are certain things that we need to do. And so, so often, we can have, even as Christians, we can get into the mentality of where is God, what is He going to do, and how can I get favor out of Him? But so often God calls us to something called repentance. And repentance, I want to say to you, is a condition of the heart. I want to tell you what it, what it isn't. Before we go further, I'm going to give you a little picture of repentance in itself so that we get to understand what repentance really is. What it's not, it is not an act. So we don't get to act out repentance and, and then satisfy ourselves. It is not a formula. Sin plus repentance equals let's move on. That's not a formula. It is not a religious response to wrongdoing. Because I have sinned, now I need to repent. While that is the right thing to do, we can do it religiously. Because we feel that we need to do it to be in right standing with God. So I wanted to speak against the religious spirit there and know that we are not to be religious around repentance. What it is, it is a free gift from God. Repentance is that you have a relationship with the Father. And it is grace at work. I really want to tell you this evening, God made repentance available so that you can stay in relationship yeah. with Him. Yeah. It is not a religious act. It's a personal relationship with the Father. But so often we repent. And we do things, we go to the Father, we repent, and that's great because He's given us access. It's a beautiful thing. But I want to talk about repentance. And, and as I've researched a little bit, I found that there are two types of repentance. The one is called metanoia. That is called godly repentance, to turn towards Him. And you have considered your ways before God. Psalm 139, 23 to 24 says this. David writes, says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in way everlasting. Beautiful picture of what it means to come before the Father. And really turning towards Him and asking Him to search you. Then there's a second repentance called metamelamai. So sorry, I'm, I'm getting into the Greek. I really wanted to leave these things in the kitchen, but <laughs> really to bring a bit of context and understanding as to two types of re re uh, repentance that we see, I have to mention these names, so bear with me. It's called worldly sorrow. I got busted and then say sorry, but you continue to do it. So let me talk about that for a moment. I, I, I know, if you, if you talk about yourself and your mom might or your dad might have caught you, smoked a cigarette, and, uh, and when, they, when they catch you, you say, oh, sorry, mom, you sort of killed the cigarette, you're not, you're not going to do it again, you bust it, you say, sorry, you won't do it again. But chances are that you probably will smoke again, somewhere, but not just in front of your mom. Or, if it's like me, I wanted to be a gangster. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, <nah. laughs> 
I wanted to be a gangster, and with all my mind, I thought one day when I got a London Fog jacket, and if you know what that means, a London Fog jacket, I thought I'd made it. And so I took a stroll to the corner shop, and I thought I'm gonna hang out with my cronies and just be the man. And as I was standing on this corner shop, my friends, you know, this is when you know you, you have bad friends. They didn't say anything. And, and I just felt this hot sensation go over my head. And, and I thought, oh, let me just grab my back pocket and just, you know, the car pins in the back pocket. I just want to flick the knife and turn around and see it's my mom. And I hear my friend say, run, there, run. I was like running down the road, my mom chasing me with a broomstick. And she embarrassed me. It felt like metamai and metanoia at the same time. You know, you don't, you can't really describe what that felt like as you ran, saying, sorry, you'll never do it again. And I never did it again. It ended up being metanoia. <laughs> My mom had a way. She was a mom and a dad. She was a strong lady. And so saying sorry to her was more than just saying sorry, you had to prove that you were by changing your ways. So I want to call us to that. It's, a, it's an illustration almost of Judas when he, when he betrayed Jesus. And he felt sorrow in his heart for betraying Jesus. But never genuinely repented. That repentance, Metamelamai, says, I am sorry for what I've done. You feel bad for what you've done. But it never brought you to the foot of the cross. And so many times, we can say sorry to God. In fact, we can say sorry for what we have done. We can say sorry, we can, we can almost hang the metamalama. And it feels right. You see, it's good to feel sorry for what you have done. It's nice to say, oh Lord, I'm, I'm so sorry I did this. Maybe you got busted and you say, I'm sorry. And it feels really, in fact, if you, if you look at the description, it says it's a real heartfelt condition. It is. That you're really sorry for what you've done. But it won't change you. It won't change you. It's called metamelema. This evening. I'm going to speak about metanoia, the power of repentance. You see, we can hover into the metamelamai all we want, and we can question God. We say, Lord, favor, the year of favor, 2020, oh, refreshing is coming. But where are we wallowing right now? What is it that we need to look out for and look up to? Metanoia literally means to perceive afterward. It, it is made up of two Greek words, meta, which means after, implying change, and noia, which means to perceive. The news is the Greek word for the mind. So literally, to change one's mind or purpose. And so in the New Testament, it denotes a genuine change in our walk with God. So why am I talking about metanoia and what is, why is it so important? When we look at 2020 and we're heading into this year with, we're all excited and believe me, I'm expectant of what God wants to do in our lives. I'm expectant to what God wants to do in the life of the church, life groups, 
care ministry, I'm really expected. But I need to take some kind of, what do we call it, account of where I am with God. And so I'm going to speak about true repentance. It's just three easy points that I want to point out to you this evening about metanoia, true repentance. It restores relationship with God. And so we look at the prodigal son in Luke 15. And I always say that this is the poster boy for grace. It really is. Why? Because Jesus tells the story. God tells the story about grace that is so sufficient and, 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 and fully supplied no matter the circumstances. And we understand that in this story, when he came to, the Bible says, he said, I will return to my father and ask for forgiveness. What is beautiful for that, about that, sorry, is that it wasn't just him feeling sorry for what he's done. It is the fact that he returned towards his father. And we know how that story ends. That story ends with the father embracing him and covering him, restoring him. So number one, it restores relationship. True repentance brings revival. And so many times I, when I've read the book of Jonah, right in the beginning, the first chapter, it's a three chapter book. I'd encourage you to go and read it. The first chapter is really about disobedience. Jonah goes his own way. The third chapter is about obedience, but how he gets there is right in the middle of Jonah called repentance, when he's in the belly of the whale. And he calls out to his God in the belly of the whale. And what is so important to understand is that he looks towards God and says, you are the God of my salvation. He calls towards God. And that's the beautiful thing about metanoia, true repentance is that you call towards the one true God. You don't just say sorry. You don't stay where you are, but you say, Lord, you take me from your own end. And we know how that story ends. It ends in a city called Nineveh, repenting, saying sorry for where they are at the king, calling the whole city to fast and repent. What a beautiful story of us being restored and then allowing the city to be restored. I believe is God calling us to be right so that the city can come right. And then thirdly, true repentance restores the joy of your salvation. Psalm 51, David uh, writes and he, he, he's literally just it's a song of repentance where he says, Restore to me, O Lord, the joy of your salvation. It's a beautiful thing when you think about it, that when you first got saved, saved, there was so much joy in you. Every time you think about that first joy you had in your heart, coming to Christ, understanding that he's given everything to you, there's this joy inside of you that is there, that you walk with, that encourages you, that strengthens you. It's a joy that is right there. But the moment you sin, the moment you sin, can I encourage you, look into the mirror, the moment you've done something wrong, and ask yourself if you have the joy of your salvation there. And David knew that so well, because sin takes away the joy of your salvation. 
it really strips you. It strips you in the sense that your relationship with God is tarnished because we know that sin displeases God. And so you find the separation happening slowly and slowly and slowly. But David prays and he says, Restore to me, through a song of repentance, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Yeah. And I want to encourage you that true repentance restores the joy of your salvation. Yeah. And I believe the reason we go in circles, and it's not that God doesn't want to hear us, but it's because we feel sorry for ourselves rather than sitting at the foot of the cross and looking at a king who wants to resurrect us. I truly believe that if we look towards metanoia instead of metamelema, we'll understand the love of the Father. And the reason why I used this scripture in the beginning, it says, now therefore says the Lord, Turn to me. So he sets the condition with all your heart. Now, metamelamite is not with all your heart. With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. A beautiful picture of a person who is really repentant before the Father. And then he says, Ring your heart and not your garments. We understand in the Old Testament, tearing the garment was the sign of a person being sorry for what they've done to God. But here, Joel says, rend your heart and not your garments. The heart should be torn before the Father and not the garment. God does not want your garment. Because tomorrow you can put on a new one and he's sitting with an old garment. He wants your heart. Nothing else. And if he has your heart, he can work through you. And then it says, return to the Lord your God. Again, it says, return to the Lord your God. You see, repentance is not about how you feel. It's who you run to. Return to the Lord your God. A beautiful picture. And then he says, this is why the character of God that receives that this is the character and the nature of the Father that receives your repentance. Yeah. Listen to this. For He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. He relents from doing harm. Come on. God is good. He is incredibly good. I believe God wants to do great things with us this year. And I believe, surely if we read the scriptures, we know that God says that my people perish for lack of understanding. Perhaps you were the one who thought metamelema was the perfect way of saying sorry to God. And I trust that eyes have been opened to really understand it's not about feeling sorry. It's not about throwing ashes over your head or tearing your garment. Actually, it's who you run to. And I trust this evening that you'll run to the open arms of a father who loves you and a father who cares 
and a father who is not scared of his son. That's it. But that's not it. In total. Can we stand for a second? I believe as we hit into 2020 this year, that God wants to do great things. And I started off by saying that. And I believe that God wants to use our hearts. He really wants to use our hearts. But He'll use it if we make it available. Let another mind is where you feel what you want to do. Let the lawyers where you allow Him to do what He wants to do. And I believe this evening, we need to allow the Father to come in and do what he needs to do with your heart. I want to remind you, as we've gone through all of this, repentance was made possible because of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was made possible. And we could enter the throne with confidence and receive the grace, the fountain of grace that never runs dry. And so this evening, You've been feeling sorry for what you've done. Can I encourage you to turn away from and turn towards for 2020? Turn towards a glorious King. Turn towards a Savior who's given it all to you. And like I said when I stood here, I might have given up everything where the work is concerned but I received so much more. The Savior who loves me and the one who's going to lead me. And my prayer for you this evening is that he'll do the same for you. That you'll be challenged this year, not just by what work you might find or the favor of the Lord, but how you're going to run for you. And God wants to make that available to you.